We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Sam Fandiari here. I am honored to have the host of the Hoops Genius Podcast and presenter on Sky Sports, Mo Munsi, joining me today. Mo, how you doing? I'm great, thank you, my man. Enjoyed a nice Warriors game yesterday, just before we taped this. and Doing all good over here. I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. I've been a fan of yours for a long time now, so it's great to be on here and joining you for this conversation. Yeah, so we've been meaning to do this for a while and, you know, life gets in the way and things happen. But I, what I've been most, I want to start with this and then we can talk some playoff stuff a little later. I've always been curious about kind of the NBA's influence overseas in the UK. Traditionally, I don't think of uh, England and the UK as like a large NBA community. Yeah. What is it? What, what, is it um, <laughs> what is it like over there? Um, in generally the, the popularity and where it's going? You know, so, so this is the question I get most from right, anytime course. I'm in the States, everyone asks me, you know, what's, what's the NBA like over in the UK? Um, the, the way I describe it is growing. You know, it is definitely growing. It's not huge because here, football or soccer, as you guys call it, is number one. And that's sure. like been entrenched through generations on generations. But now the younger generation coming through, people my age, I'm 27, people my age and below coming through a big onto NBA. And I think social media has had a big part to play on that because it's so easily accessible now and everyone gets a glimpse of it, but also the culture and the streetwear culture in particular, the music culture as well, right. that has a huge impact on people becoming NBA fans. Because now when you come to London, you walk around anywhere in London, everyone's wearing Jordan 1s, Jordan 4s, whatever it might be. And then through that, they kind of get a little taste of the NBA. Then they start to get into it. Uh, and and it's it's really growing up. So right now, I believe the latest figures, there's over 6 million people here who identify themselves as NBA fans, which I know isn't huge, but considering the size of the UK in comparison to the size of the United States, it's definitely an improvement on what it has been before. But you're seeing the impact on the ground now of, you know, if I'm, if I'm in the park, there's way more people coming to the hoop than ever before. You know, nice. if I'm... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely growing. So would you say it's kind of... It, Everyone always thinks of kind of 92 dream team and then the NBA goes global. Would you say for, for like the UK, it was more like a generation beyond that where it really started yeah. catching on like the like the LeBron to Steph Curry generations where it really caught on over there or is it before? Well, 
Well, everyone talks about um, 92 Olympics, but I think for us, it was 2012 Olympics with wow. the Team USA, yeah. you know, Kobe, LeBron, all these guys came over here. Um, and I think that's where people got their first glimpse of it. In, I think a lot person, of people, yeah, yeah in, in, not that not that we could get tickets to the games because the way the Olympics do ticket for the games, like, <laughs> yeah. it's impossible to get hold of. So I don't know. I think only people who are friends with the sponsors of the brands that sponsor the Olympics manage to get in there. But, you know, just having them around, you know, just knowing it's, it's on TV and you're seeing it in like the local area, right? So you're seeing, oh, there's Kobe Bryant walking past Tower Bridge in town or whatever the picture is. Um, I think that was a, a good starting point. But like I said before, I think the biggest thing has been social media because with football being the most popular thing over here, it's cool. But in any 90 minute football game, soccer for, for the American listeners, you're going to get one or two highlights, right? But for the NBA, you're going to get 20 highlights from a game. Put on a Warriors game, you're going to get five ridiculous three-pointers from Steph Curry. That yeah. are just crazy to see. So that comes out now. At the right time, Instagram starts blowing up. Twitter starts blowing up. And that's way more exciting to watch because there's just more content on a nightly basis. There's so many different things. Three-pointers, dunks. And then you've got the league fits, the outfits that the players are wearing. Then you've right. got the, the comedy, like, like stuff like Will Ferrell coming and warming up with Clay Thompson. Crazy. Right. Like... People who don't know about basketball are coming to me like, oh, Mo, I saw Will Ferrell at this basketball game the other day. Da, 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 da. So it's like, I think <laughs> through social media is really the biggest thing that's grown it over here. Nice. So the way you're describing it, I would assume the Warriors are pretty damn popular then because it coincides yeah. <laughs> with their rise, right? Yeah, yeah. You could say that. I mean, <laughs> you go to any, you know, I, I do like, I, I go to like basketball camps and stuff like that. All the kids, like the young kids, like age 15 and below. Sure. They wear Under Armour. Well, not, <laughs> not, not, not all of them, but be, I never saw At a higher Under percentage Armour than before. people your my yeah. age would. Yeah. Not that they all wear Under Armour. But if <laughs> I go to a pickup run with my friends, just keeping it 100, no one's wearing Under Armour, right? We all wear in Jordan, Nike, whatever. Sure. But these kids, I see them and I'm like, yo, why you got those shoes on? Like, like the parents are talking to me. Oh yeah, he just loves this guy, and he wanted this guy's shoes. <laughs> but but it's, it's not so much the shoes; it's mostly the jerseys. Right. The the number thirty blue and yellow jersey is insanely insanely popular over here, especially with the younger generation. It's it's crazy. Um, I think Zev Curry just because the way he plays basketball, not that it's easily replicable because it's impossible to play like Steph Curry, right? Yeah, but good when luck you shooting from 30 get, like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when you're a kid and you and you're watching the TV, you don't look like Giannis. You're not right. built like LeBron, and you're not built like Stephen Adams, right? Yeah. Steph is Steph's not a small guy, but he looks small in comparison to everyone else when he's on the court, right? No, relatively normal so, sized dude. Yeah, it's it feels far yeah, well, more attainable. Yeah, he's he's taller than the average person. He's like what six three? Yeah, like he's taller than the average person, but. He looks, when he's on the basketball court, kids look at it and think, I could kind of play like that. So it's good in a sense of they, they love basketball now and they love Stephen Curry. But on the other hand, they all trying to chuck the ball from behind a three-point line <laughs> before they I, can even reach it. I also have a secondary theory. I want to run this by you. Obviously, uh, England soccer is the dominant sport, and that's true of 99% of the globe. Yeah. Part of the reason I think Steph resonates so much internationally is because I feel like his style almost it's like it's like a footballer 
playing basketball in some ways. Like he plays a style that's more relatable to soccer with the movement, the passing, the shooting. It's, it, it's a little different than like, you know, a traditional basketball, like star who's six eleven and bruising in the post. And that's just not in any way relatable to soccer. 100%. I had this conversation yesterday. Um, I was doing a Twitch stream yesterday and we had this conversation. I had a couple of guests on who are football personalities, right? Right. And they wanted to have the conversation of comparing footballers to basketball players. And I said, Stephen Curry and Lionel Messi are the, are the same. Because if you look at how Lionel Messi plays, his game is predicated upon his quickness and his, his agility, lateral quickness, dribbling in and out everyone else. Steph Curry, when I really think about him, it's not just the shooting, it's the handle. It's when he went and took CP's ankles when CP was back on the Clippers. Like that moment there, that went super viral and everyone's watching it. That's very relatable in terms of the playing style. And then when you watch football, people score a screamer from 50 yards out. Right. That's the highlight in football. So scoring from long range in football is more impressive. There's no equivalent to a dunk. Like yeah. that, because the goal is so big, there's no equivalent to it, right? Maybe so a cross. And I, I hear what you're most. saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's just not exciting, like a dunk. Like, so I hear what you're saying exactly in terms of the style of play. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super interesting. I guess I'm just also curious. Would would you say Steph is the most popular player over there? No, I, I wouldn't ah. say he's, I wouldn't say there's one most popular player though. Okay. I I, I think it's Michael Jordan for, for anyone who's, like my age or older. Sure. It's Michael Jordan. Well, that's fair. And then people Kobe. younger, it's kind of, yeah, my age is Kobe, right? So sure. I'd say 30 plus is, is kind of like Michael Jordan. People like 25 to 30 is Kobe. And then 25 and below, it's between LeBron and Steph. It's like a 50-50. It's whoever you were rooting for in the 2016 finals. Ah, that's okay. your yeah. favorite player, right? So I'll, I'll tell you like on a personal side, right? So 2016, was it 2016, 2015? I was I was at uni, right? And um college, as you guys call it in America. <laughs> and 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 obviously the games over here, they're on at nighttime. So games tip midnight or games tip 3 a.m. Right. Okay. So we would go out and and if there's a big game on, like everyone's going out partying, I'm like, yo, no, I'm staying here. I'm watching this game. I'm just a nutcase. I just watched the NBA, right? But sometimes we go out, but I would always leave the club at 2:30. So I could be home for the three o'clock tip-off, right? Right. <laughs> 3 a.m. tip-off, right? And then girls ask me, I'm crazy. They're trying to come back to my house. I'm like, no, 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 I'm watching this game. I'll see you tomorrow. So I get home. Anyway, it was the game against OKC where Steph hits that game when it, you know, from almost half court, right? Right. That day, all of my friends who were not interested in the NBA, that single moment right there, there was about 20 of us in the house at the time, right? And so we've come back, we've come back from the club. Everyone's kind of lit. I've put the game on the big screen. So we're all watching it. I put that on and that single moment converted every person in the room into an NBA fan. Before that, they were like, oh, let's just see what Mo spends all this time doing. That single shot converted each and every one of them into an NBA fan. The next day, they all came to the pickup run to try and play. The next (laughs) day, they all came to my crib to play 2K with me. So... That one single moment, that shot against OKC, you know the one I'm talking about. Of course. That, Every Warrior that, fan, you just say the shot, yeah. they know it. <laughs> <laughs> that one moment right there, for me and the 20 people that I was with who weren't NBA fans, they became basketball fans off that one moment. And I'm pretty sure that that moment also resonated across the, the, the rest of the country, right? Oh, yeah. But conversely, to answer your question, also LeBron's block had the same effect. So it kind of depends if you were watching before the finals, 
if you started watching in the finals, sure. which one your favorite player. So I'd say it's like a 50-50 split. And then a few people try to be edgy and say Kevin Durant and you know, <laughs> people say Giannis and, and whatever it is. But LeBron and Steph are definitely the most two popular current players right now, I think. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's the preeminent rivalry of the last decade. And those are probably the two biggest basketball players, just individual ones when you consider the context of them. So it makes total sense. If you're if you're getting into the NBA in the last decade, your fandom is defined by Steph Curry or LeBron James in one way or another. That's yeah. so interesting. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, LeBron not in the playoffs this year, and, you know, that's kind of fun for us <laughs> Warrior fans. But um, I think it's fun for – I think it's fun for – Every fan of every other team outside of the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, how are you enjoying the playoffs so far? No, I love it. This is what I live for, man. I like, like aside from when the games were a total blowout, I watched the Bulls game against uh, the Milwaukee. Yeah, Bucks, that's serious kind of closeout game. Off. And I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, come on, man. But you know, I love it. The, the series have been thrilling, each and every one. Um, you know, in particular, the Warriors, most definitely. Like, that was kind of close to close that one out. I didn't know if Jokic would be able to kind of single-handedly pull that back. Yeah, um, that game was stressful. I was watching it, and I was I was pretty confident the whole way through. Then somewhere in the third quarter, I'm like, oh, no, he's in he's in one of those type of modes, and, like, this game is actually very much at risk of being a loss. And See, the moment I knew Golden State would win that game, I have this theory. When I see Draymond Green hit a three, I just know the Warriors win the game. Like, when, <laughs> yeah. when he hits a three and it's just net, and it's pure net, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but but Jokic is an insane talent. I think he just deserves to have better pieces around him. Um, 
that's it's a rough rough that. year with the injuries like I, I it's not it's not even I think he's going to end up winning MVP and deserve for him but it's like I, it seems exhausting to me to want to like debate his situation when we all know what's going on Jamal Murray's out Michael Porter's out uh, yeah, what more can you ask <laughs> I don't think Michael Porter Jr. makes that much difference I think Jamal Murray is a huge loss I don't sure. know if it's hard to take because Michael Porter Jr. for the offense he has the defense he lacks so much. Sure, of course. I think that's like a net neutral almost. Um, but Jamal Murray is obviously a huge, huge loss. Uh, and I'm excited to see them back next season. But for me, as a Boston fan, that series against Brooklyn was music to my ears. I, <laughs> I love that. Man. Come on, man. That's, that was just beautiful to see. So do you feel do you feel like we're on a crash course for Warriors versus Celtics? I think that's what everyone... I mean, Vegas has them as the two favorites to get to the finals after round one. You know... I've just seen that Middleton's now probably out for the series. So that kind of does make it more favorable. A lot of people are saying that whoever, like the Bucks Celtic series is like the Bucks Nets last year is the winner of that guest to the NBA right. finals. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd be more confident in the Warriors making the finals than I am in the Celtics making the finals. The reason being, I think that people are underestimating just how great Giannis is. I think that Giannis has another gear that he can shift to and I personally think he's going to go down as one of the top 10, maybe even top five player of all time. That's how great he can be. His game is evolving every year. He plays both ends of the floor. And the Celtics, although they locked down Kevin Durant, the game plan against Giannis is very different. The kind of place Giannis <laughs> isn't floating up the court, standing at the elbow, trying to get trying to get the ball to shoot a fadeaway. Giannis is blocking your shot or grabbing a rebound, putting the ball on the floor, taking three dribbles the whole way up the court and dunking on your head. Now, we got to see how the game plan for Coach Imei, and I know that's a very simplified version, but sure. I think Giannis is, is a dominant force. You have to respect the defending champions. But then also, I think the Miami Heat in, in the conference finals will be a very tough out. I'm not sure about the Sixers now after the Raptors have given them so many troubles. But for the Warriors, I look way more confident because I see more holes in the rest of the Western Conference teams than I do um, in terms of the separation between the teams in the Eastern Conference. Let, let's, let's stay on the East for one second, then I'm going to flip it back over. So... Uh, gun to your head right now. Give me your series prediction for Celtics Bucks. It's starting Sunday. I'm not going to hold you to it. If you're wrong, I'm not going to troll you about it. But where where is your head at right now with that series? According to Shams, uh, Middleton will not play in the uh, second round. If it is a grade two sprain, there's just no way he he would be able to. So I just assume he's off the table. Okay, so before I I thought Middleton would come back in game two or three. And when that was the case, I had Bucks in six. But okay. now knowing that news, that kind of changes things slightly. And it completely depends on how the, the Celtics role players are going to shoot the three ball. If the Bucks are giving up as many threes as they did against Chicago, it depends right. on Al Horford, Grant Williams, and these guys. I'm going to go with no Middleton. I'm going to go Celtics in seven. Okay. That's because kinda, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning to. It's just like I I I think Giannis might average 40 a game in the series. Yep. And I'm just wondering yep. who in Milwaukee is going to be able to hit enough shots. Drew Holiday will, but that's a lot on the, you know, the Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, yeah. uh, Bobby I, I Portis, those defense. type of guys. Yeah. I always go with defense. Like the Celtics, like then the Bulls aren't in the same world as the Celtics defensively. No, not like at all. they're not even, they don't even come close. Right. So if you can limit some of the production from the role players, because Giannis is going to go get his. But then, conversely, the reason why I think it's seven is Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league. Giannis is one of the best defenders in the league. Brooke Lopez is one of the most underrated in terms of his impact on the basketball court. 
I think they could really test them. But then when we're talking about that game seven, I think J- Jason Tatum right now is entering that superstar status where he can take yeah. over down the stretch of a big game like that and win you the game. And we've seen him hit a step back three over Giannis to win a game just last season. So I'm going to go Celtics in seven with that one. Okay. Now let's go back to the Warriors here. Um, you say, you're saying you're seeing a more straightforward path for them uh, than let's just say the East. I would agree with you. I think the East is just tougher this year. It's for the last 20 years, hasn't been the case, but finally the, uh, the balance has shifted. If you were to kind of define the Warriors' biggest challenges to get out of the West, what would you put them as right now? You know, I think the next round, the next round will be against the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, um, they are so, playing game six. We're recording this before game six, so apologies yeah, if you yeah. listen to it afterwards. Just for, just for, yeah, because yeah, I don't, I don't want to say they're playing the Grizzlies or they're playing the Timberwolves. I think both of those teams have kind of disappointed me. Like, it's been a really in, interesting series, but it's not been good basketball to watch. It's been a little bit all over the place. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, when we talk about all the nerdy stuff in basketball, we love it, right? Sure. But the Warriors, aside from that one game where they slipped up and to close out this last game, the first three games, they were clinical. They, yeah. You know, the, the Warriors are doing what they do. And now they've got a little bit of additional time for Steph to rest, Steve Kerr to go back and look. Because I think the other reason why I think they changed to the small ball lineup to start with, it was kind of an experiment as well. So right. can we roll with this moving forwards in the playoffs? How many minutes can you play this lineup? Yeah. 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 So, so I think, you know, they're going to have the chance to rest and they're watching the other series closely. And I'm not worried about either of those teams because Memphis, for me, have been a little disappointing from what we expected given what they did in the regular season. Oh, see, I kind of feel the opposite. And, you know, I've said it all year, so I'm not changing my opinion on Memphis now. Um, yeah. I think they're... I think what makes this series interesting, the Minnesota Memphis one is like, they're the two most athletic teams. So Memphis is used to being far more athletic than their opponents. And they're not in this series, you know, Anthony Edwards, um, Carl Anthony Townsend, they, they have just as athletic a group as, as the Grizzlies. It'll be interesting to see how the Warriors deal with that just because it's such a different style than Denver, you know, Jokic is, I mean, no one's going to confuse him for John Morant on the fast break, right? Like different type of player, um, completely different style. Denver plays really like no one else in the NBA with the point center and the way they go about things. And so I'm curious, I'm trying not to read too much into Memphis or Minnesota's struggles in the first round as being predictive, just because it's such a different matchup for the Warriors. Yeah. What worries me with, with the Grizzlies, with the Timberwolves, the fact that they can't hold us their leads. Uh, right, and they love to celebrate. They way do too play early. like I young just, teams. Yeah, yeah, it, you know that you can see the inexperience. But then the big man rotation for the Memphis Grizzlies is what worries me. Is Jaron Jackson Jr. is getting fifteen to twenty minutes a game because he can't stop fouling. They've dropped Stephen Adams out of the rotation completely. Brandon Clark had a great game in the last game they played, but and Clark probably is a player who matches night? up pretty well with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. he do, he does. But I don't know if you're going to rely on him for that every night. If if you sure. can, then great. It can be a close series, but. But then you've got Xavier Tillman. Like I like, I think, especially with the Warriors teams a little bit smaller. So Nikola Jokic being a seven-foot MVP is in a good position to try and kind of exploit that. I'm not personally too worried about the Yeah, it's um, not that's not Jaron Jackson's game. Even yeah. if he stays uh, out of foul trouble, he's not gonna, you know, post yeah. up Draymond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will, even Jokic could barely post up Draymond at the yeah. best of times. So so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. You know, I'd be as crazy as I'd be more worried about the Pelicans than either of those two teams. I think the Pelicans just match up wise. You've got JV, the big body, 
up there. You've got um, and then all the Jackson wingspan Hayes, in the world around. Crazy, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy athlete. Herb Jones, crazy athlete. Like I, I like, you know, I think that would be a great series. But we've got to see if Phoenix comes out of that one. Um, over on the other side is I think Luka Doncic will give them some real problems. As great as Phoenix was in the regular season, they're kind of looking beatable now. So particularly with the like the the hamstring is such a such a rough injury because like even if Booker comes back, is he going to be Devin Booker? Probably not. It, it it just changes Phoenix so much. Yeah. And, and like, I get it. They've got the depth. They've got all of that. But Chris Paul's now playing with, with you know, some sort of injury on his hand where he's got his fingers taped together. And he's just got that. Not that I wish an injury upon anyone. And I, I hope he stays healthy. But, you know, his history of playoff basketball and the physicality and the injuries that he tends to kind of Accumulate. occur over time. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, that's why I'm looking at that. I like the Warriors to come out of the West. I think that they can come out in... in to beat the Warriors four out of seven games, I don't know if I see the other teams doing that. I think Phoenix can give them a great run. Luka is that great. You can't put it out of, you know, you can't put it out of the realm of possibility that Luka can just go crazy in the fourth quarter for four games. But I don't see a team in the West beating the Warriors four times out of seven games. That's what I like to hear. In fact, that's a perfect way to cap this off. Mo, really appreciate <laughs> you coming on. You want to plug anything appreciate before I get you me. out of here? Uh, yeah, man. If you uh, want to tune in, I do a daily show Monday to Friday every morning. Myself and three-time NBA champion BJ Armstrong, we host the Hoop Genius podcast. We bring you a daily episode, updates from all around the NBA. It's really insightful. BJ obviously being a former champion, but he's um, and now he's an agent for Derrick Rose and a bunch of other guys. He, he was the Javel's agent when he was on the Warriors. Um, so, so it's interesting kind of different perspectives. We get the two different continental perspectives, two different age groups and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to check that out, make sure you tune in Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and anything else, just search for Hoop Genius on social media. You'll find me there.